Now Dancer, now Prancer, now Donner, and you other three new guys. I don't know your name. It's a goddamn shame what happened to Blitzen and Rudolph. Anyway, we've left Denver on to Boulder, Colorado. Now we like to start off on the rich side of town because Santa likes to hit up the wine cellars. Land on that house with the pitched roof. It looks like a good one. Uh, all right. Now with the wink of an eye and the tip of a nose, zip, zap, snap. Ooh, what a lovely wine cellar. Oh, 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 oh God. Oh, oh my God. God, God damn it, not again, son of a bitch. Uh, uh, fuck, uh, Santa, you really stepped in it this time. <laughs> oh, curse this random chuckling disease I have, making me chuckle at the wrong moments. I, I straight up don't have time to fuck with this. I've got to get this box of Cordoba cigars to Bill Clinton for a special project. <laughs> now off with you, dancer and the other ones. But first, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to tell our friend Dick Cheney my new idea on how to keep America in a forever war. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> oh my God. Hey, guys. Oh it's God. Zach. Was, Zach is back. That was goddamn impressive. <laughs> that was... <laughs> wow. I was... <laughs> Beyond highly impressed. Wow. Well, what Santa was talking about is... What was uh, Santa talking about? Uh, he was talking about, you know, I, I, Christmas is a special time for a lot of things, but a lot of people love a Christmas mystery. Ooh. And what better Christmas. mystery? Christ- a, Chris- a Christmas mystery. Christmas mystery. Christmas Chris- mystery. Chris- 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 sounds Mistress. like the bartender at a West Virginia strip club. Um, mm. no. Yeah. Okay. I'm Good Chris point. Marie. Y'all want some Jägermeister shots or so? Ooh, Cindy's oh. on stage. You better check out her titties. They look like eggs hanging off a nail. Um, <laughs> Could you like, take an improv class over the last week? Like, what's, what's going on with you? I, didn't. I am energized about child murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, um, I get it. I get it. Guys, this is the special thing we've been t- we've this been talking about. This is the special about. thing. And we've never done an episode like this. No, we so haven't. Who knows how it's going to turn it's out? It's very exciting. It's very exciting, yes. Um, Watch it be like our only popular episode. <laughs> well, that's when we change our format, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah, the public has spoken. I will jump ten sharks. Yeah, I'll jump all of the sharks. <laughs> and literally all the sharks that are left in the ocean. All oh, 12 God, no, that is horrifying to me. I'm actually quite afraid of sharks. Yeah, well, they, they'll no, usually nice leave people. you alone. They are nice people. Yeah. <laughs> they're nice people. Well, yeah. I don't agree with their lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Coming out of the womb, swimming and killing. Yeah, walk, walk like the rest of us. If Just only a certain six-year-old was more shark-like, perhaps she could have protected herself. Oh wow! Well, you know, with with comments like that, you can only be listening to Lifeline, <laughs> uh, which is normally a podcast about Lifetime movies with wine. I'm Stephanie, by the way. I am so tired, Rachel. So tired, Rachel. And you guys heard Zach slash Santa. 
<laughs> there he is again with that laughing disease. Santa's a little drunk, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sit on my knee right now. I just saw a titillating post on Reddit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so this is episode 49, part one. This is our first two-parter. So... With December, we have been doing traditionally holiday-centric movies. We did Mistletoe and Menorahs, and then The Spirit of Christmas, and uh, Grumpy Cats, Worst Christmas Ever. What is something that happened at Christmas that most everybody knows about? Hmm. Hmm. The murder of Jean Benet Ramsey, which happened on Christmas Day. So episode 49, part one, we're going to be covering the actual murder of Jean Benet Ramsey, the the details and the timeline and the theories, because it's still an unsolved murder. And then episode 49, part two, we are going to return to our regular format, and we are going to discuss the Lifetime movie, Who Killed Jean Benet? Well, we're already going to know because we're going to figure that out. Are we? Today, right now. I promise. I'm promising America. Okay. Okay. I got a, I got a new. Here's. Hold on. Santa's gone. And now it is Nancy Grace. Oh. And I'm telling you that we are going to find out who killed this little girl. Wow. And I'm going to make $11 million off another child murder. Thank you, you, Nancy Grace. You sound a little bit like Paul Lind. Paul Lind as Nancy Grace. I found my Paul Lind trying to do Nancy Grace. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) A little girl's murder. Well, now I'm doing Catherine Hepburn. Well, they all, it's a, they bleed over very easily. They, They really do. Paul Lind, Catherine Hepburn, and Nancy Grace are an amalgamation. Yeah. That's America there. That is That's, that is America. I don't know what my fist means. It means America. Is it ironic that a, a channel called Lifetime focuses so much on murder? On death? Yeah. yeah. It is very no. ironic, yeah. I n- honestly never fucking thought of Me that, either. and that is brilliant. Yeah, that's weird, eh? Uh, before we get into it, make sure you check out last week's episode where we discussed the spirit of Christmas from 2015. It's about a woman who falls in love with a ghost, a ghost who falls in love with a woman... It uh, it really encompasses the Christmas spirit, not as much as child murder, of course. <laughs> also, I want to shout out to our latest, newest patron, Susan. Oh, God. Susan, MD, who you may have heard us speak of on the show, happens to be Rachel's sister. I really hope to God, Susan, you never... First of all, I would imagine you're too busy to be listening, so... Uh, and then, second... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a real quick, wonderful, helpful favor and go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and leave us a review. The five stars are great. The words in the review really help us. It doesn't matter what you say. All you have to put in there is just say, please bring back Billy. And no, hey, we're. This episode, oh. these two episodes, we're, we're not doing. Oh, really? It's oh, a, that that I, was in, too far. A, Santa, dis- bad taste. Sa- Santa discovering Jaminé's dead body was okay, <laughs> but that was okay. that was satire. I think oh, what we're doing okay. with the Bring Back Billy, we're going to suspend it for these two specific episodes because okay. I think it's in bad taste. So, a what do you ex- what do you suggest people put in their review to uh, to help us out? Um, Burke did it. Um, you could say Merry Hanukkah. Ooh, you know, mix it up Mary a little Hanukkah, bit. Merry Hanukkah, I like that. 
So yeah, got the show business out of the way. Like I said, this is kind of a different format than what we usually do. We're actually just talking about a case. We're talking about some facts, not talking about a movie. So I'm just going to give a real quick rundown of the events that occurred on December 25th, 1996, and we can go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, I love it. All right. So JonBenet Ramsey was killed at the age of six in her home in Boulder, Colorado, on December 25th, 1996. She was the daughter of John Ramsey, a successful and affluent businessman, and Patricia Patsy Ramsey, a former beauty queen. She also had an older brother named Burke. He was three years her senior. Patsy entered JonBenet in many child beauty pageants, and by the time JonBenet was six years old, she had won multiple pageant titles. John and Patsy reportedly woke up on the morning of December 26th to find their daughter was missing from her bed. They discovered a two-and-a-half-page handwritten ransom note on the kitchen mm-hmm. stairs of their home. <laughs> the note claimed that the abductors had John Binet in their possession and gave highly specific instructions on how to get their daughter back alive. The writers of the note only identified themselves as, quote, a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction, end quote, told the Ramses to not contact authorities and demanded a ransom sum of $118,000, which we'll get into this, but that was also the exact amount of John Ramsey's Christmas bonus that mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Disobeying the note's instructions, Patsy called the police, and an investigation was immediately underway. About seven hours after the authorities were notified, John Ramsey discovered the lifeless body of Jean Benet in the basement. Trigger alert, this gets a little disturbing. This whole episode's going to be disturbing, of course. It's but- not good. That's why we're trying to make it a, a happy thing, folks. Yeah, lighthearted. Hmm, neither. Hmm. I don't know. So... John Binet had sustained a broken skull due to a blow to the head, and she had been strangled with the garrot that was still around her neck. She was also bound at the wrists and in the, the ankles as well, I believe. The official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with cranial cerebral trauma, and her death was ruled a homicide. The crime is still unsolved and remains an open investigation with the Boulder Police Department. If you were around at this time, you probably remember there was a giant media frenzy. It it came back into the spotlight multiple times over the years due to possible new suspects and developments in the case. So it's kind of been one of those sensationalized cases that um, has remained present in in society's eye for, for many years, for over 20 years. It's a it's a it's a doozy. It is. It is still. Uh, a mystery. It's a it's an awful, uh, horrible thing. But you know what? A, another awful, horrible thing is, and not that they equate uh, each other in any way. But when uh, she won twenty four, twenty five pageants, something right? like that, yeah. How many did she lose? How many did she do? Oh. She didn't start it as an infant. So we're saying what? Probably two, three years probably. old. So let's say three and a half years. Yeah. Tops. Fifty. 75, 100, right? And the whole, the outfits, everything, it's just such a weird, it's illegal in France. They straight up don't mm. do it in France, right? So it's a, it's a weird 
weird place. And I would venture to say anyone in an audience at a little girl's pageant who is not a direct relative of that little girl is a fucking pedophile and doesn't need to be in that building. Stop sexualizing your kids. Stop making them parade around because they don't really want to do it. They just were indoctrinated. Yeah. They were trained like a dog. You made your child a dog, an automaton robot dog. Now, I'm not even being funny right now. This is upsetting to me. Keep your kids out of Hollywood. It's a scummy, awful place. Keep your kids out of pageants. And uh, that's it. So, I have a a question. I mean, Mm -hmm. outside of the sexualization of young children, like that that obviously is extremely problematic in itself um, and just by itself. But if we actually were to remove that, do you think that pageants are any worse than making your kid play like competitive sports or be a competitive musician? Or because I think a- no, I I halfway agree with you. I think if you're making your kid play golf or play piano mm-hmm. at three years old. That's not good. Right. That's extreme. If your kid picks up a soccer ball at seven or starts playing piano at ten and they're awesome at it, that's yeah. how life is supposed to or organically. Even if they suck at it, but they want to keep doing it, obviously. Right. But, but it could, it could be doing. anything. Yeah. If you wanted your kid to be a math scholar, yeah. or if you, yeah. I think, you know, you go back and forth. I think it's neat when a when a three year old can speak two languages. That's super fucking crazy. But well, that's, it depends but that, that's on well. It, but it depends on how it happens. Mm-hmm. Is it a bilingual home or is somebody force of their child? to learn, well, you know, usually German or people whatever. People aren't competitively like usually what happens. Competi- in, competitive what, foreign compa- language speaking. Well, that's what I'm saying is that usually <laughs> these what happens in a lot of these scenarios is a vicarious living situation, yeah. right? Like I was a very competitive softball player, and it was an extremely abusive um, environment. And sometimes parents actually seem to be proud of themselves for abusing their kids in front of other parents to show that they are the most abusive, therefore their kid is going to be the best. And the kid, it's just crushing to the kid. I mean, it's very Jean Benet was known, like, famous for being able to be completely still, completely motionless, even in her face and eyes, Mm. for... 30 minutes for an hour she's six years old is that a normal thing were they drugging this kid was this a complete indoctrination thing i'm not there's no evidence of actual physical abuse but it's a certain style of mental abuse she didn't have her weekends there's a story somewhere where she was literally practicing her routine on christmas eve before she went to bed because her mother made her practice her routine every night before she went to fucking bed that's insane we used to have, like, there would be times in the summer that they would make you do two-a-day practices. So you would do it early in the morning, and then after your parents got off work, all summer long, five days a week. I used to be told I couldn't go to the pool, I couldn't go to the water parks, anything, if I had a game that night because I wasn't allowed to be tired. I needed yeah. to be in my tip-top shape. That's extremely abusive to kids. Like, it's not, you know, the same as punching them in the face. But people, like, really push, like, team sports and stuff. Like, oh, it's good for socialization. Not not to that level. Because, like, uh, the girls that I played softball with, I hate, most of them I hated. Still do to this date. They were awful. Oh, they were shitty-ass. Yeah, they were bitches. <laughs> However, the girls that were my friends who went to the water park, well, I was busy with these stupid dumb hoes. Um, 
they, you know, I didn't get to foster and like really build those relationships as much because they were off playing in, you know, water parks. And I was instead, for some reason, playing softball, which I don't know, I was told would like build some kind of character in me. And really all it seemed to do was make me really angry. Yeah. But think about it this way, Rachel. What if you would have went to the water park and you met a boy from Tulsa and you fell in love and your life wouldn't be the awesome, rich experience that it is today? I mean, huh? I did go to the water park once right before I moved on to high school and I did meet a guy and it coincidentally he went to the other middle school that was feeding and we were feeding into one high school and then he was my first real boyfriend that he broke up with me when we went to high school because he found out I wasn't as popular as he was. Oh, hmm. well, at least he didn't murder you in a basement. That we know of. <laughs> well, let's talk about the 911 call. I mean, there's so much to start with. There's the 911 call, the ransom note. I guess we can go in order. Which 911 call? There's like five. Well, the one that has audio where Patsy thinks she hung up and you hear voices after that. That Ooh, they. What's this? Oh, you don't know about this? Yeah. I don't know about right, this. Right. So, so Patsy gets finds the the ransom note which by the way was written at the scene of the kidnapping because they found the notepad whoever the whoever wrote it took a notepad that existed in the kitchen i think it was right wrote that wrote the note there first of all kidnappings are are very planned you don't go kidnap somebody and then write the note there at the scene Especially two and a half pages. The FBI says that was the longest ransom note. It's literally ever. the no. It's literally the longest ransom note ever. ever. It's three hundred and forty-seven words. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Uh, normally, it's just like we got the kid, give us the money. Right, like right, and this one was more like some sort of um, manifesto. I feel, like, I feel like if I kidnapped somebody, mine would at least be like. You would you would ramble though. You would like oh, put I in would. like stuff about your day. But, yeah, yeah like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just not a very good kidnapper. We all know. Well, that. Well, you wouldn't write. We the note. all know that. We all, out of all the kidnappings we've done together, I mean, that you're usually the the, the yeah. squeaky wheel in all of our kidnappings. I mean, I also probably would write the note at the scene of the crime because I'd be like, oh shit, I totally forgot to do that. Yeah. Well. Even though you set, like, pad. four alarms on your oh. phone. <laughs> yeah. I do. You're, like, looking for a pen. You're, like, like oh, shit. Note. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll just free write it. I'll well, just go for it. So, wait. Did Rachel kidnap JonBenet Ramsey? Is that I mean, that's Where were say. you and Susan in 1996? What? what were you two up to? Uh, my sister was finishing her freshman year of college. So, I think... Oh, and have I ever told you guys my theory that my sister's an international terrorist? I think we should talk about we it on should, air. Obviously, okay. talk about this very, very quickly. Rundown. Um, so, Boston. She lived in Boston, just down the street from the Boston bombing. She moved mm. to South Carolina, and just a few days after she moved to South Carolina, there was that horrible um, shooting, yeah. sh- like literally within like blocks of her new home. Susan. And then, then we grew up in Oklahoma City, and we all know about the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's really weird that she's lived in all three of these places when these things have happened i'm just saying this is like the murder she wrote theory that this is pretty good i wasn't isn't this an episode of homeland i've never saw i never saw that what you're talking about i'm referencing a five-year-old show so on on showtime which is like a lesser hbo yeah it is but it still has good shows yeah really good shameless right i love weeds and weeds is on showtime was on showtime 
Anyway. Anyway. You know who didn't get to see these awesome television Sean shows? Ramsey. She barely got to experience the internet, except for fucking weirdos looking at pictures of her on yeah, it. Yeah, and that was on the receiving end. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Do you think she was still watching Sesame Street? Because, like, six is still kind yeah, of a sure. reasonable age. Yeah, I watched Sesame Street till I was, like, 11. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I mean, I would still watch it if I had time. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what shapes are sometimes. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. right. Thank you, Big Bird. Yeah. It's a triangle. Yeah, so the ransom note was very bizarre. It demanded exactly $118,000, which, like we said, was almost the exact amount of John Ramsey's Christmas bonus that year. Right, which he had on hand. He could get and did get in a very few hours. But the thing is, too, is that the note said that the kidnappers would call between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. that morning with further instructions. They never did. They never actually called. But right. that is because... Obviously, yeah. because it was not a there kidnapping. There was not a kidnapping. So then, once they found the ransom note, Patsy ignored it and immediately called 911. Uh, the recording of the call, which you can find online, she calls 911, she says, my baby's been kidnapped, there's a ransom note, is crying and then seems to think she's hung up because she's no longer talking to the 911 operator, but the recording is continuing and her voice is immediately calm again and you hear a discussion. Zach, I'm surprised you don't know about this. You hear a discussion. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm... it's hard to hear because this person thinks she, she Patsy thought she hung up the phone. You can hear th- three voices. A lot of people, uh, you know, police investigators have listened to it and amplified the sound. A lot of people think that there is a, the third voice is Burke because it sounds like a young man saying, what did I do? Huh. Well, he might have spilt his juice, you know sure. what I mean, while all this is going sure. on. Sure, but it is a very, it is a, it is definitely a big part of the entire uh, mystery. So, yeah, there's, there's all these aspects that are just very strange, like that the ransom note was written at the site of the kidnapping. The kidnappers never called. And then Patsy is so distraught, after she calls the police, she calls all her friends, and many of them come over. So the Boulder Police Department shows up, they're processing the scene. They're not actually even processing anything because they think it's a kidnapping. Like, they are looking for fingerprints, but they aren't treating it like a murder scene, uh, which doesn't matter. Regardless. So much so. Much so. That motherfuckers are coming in and out of this fucking place, yeah. even after they find the kid. The, uh, some uh, 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 victims group person right. cleans the whole goddamn kitchen. While they were still dusting for fingerprints, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, so it's Christmas Day, so day guess what you Boxing get? Boxing yeah. Box it. What, what you're getting is a brand new cop day, is what you're getting, because all the senior cops are like, fuck that, they're, I'm not going to work. Little girls get murdered all the time i'm not giving up vacation for not, this although we'll say this, not in boulder this was the first murder of that year it was the in only boulder. murder of that year yeah well yeah it was almost the end of the year but yeah no i thought there was like 11 murders at now between the 26th and the 31st <laughs> between the 26th and the 31st yeah. It's just like murder spree. Uh, it's up on motherfuckers. We're purging. So what I what I hear you guys saying is there's a there's a market uh, for murderers and bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah. It's right. Completely demand is high. Demand is high. Supply is uh, low. Yeah. So the the entire crime scene was contaminated because all these people are just walking in and out. And then finally, one of the one of the cops in in leading the investigation t- says to John and his best friend slash neighbor Fleet. Fleet. Good old Fleet White, which sounds like an enema. 
brand. It sounds like the whitest name that you can have. He was. He was a rich man living in Boulder, mm. Colorado. So, yes, you are correct. <laughs> so, so they're basically trying to corral everybody because it's just getting crazy. And so finally, at one point, one of the investigators says to John, look, why don't you and your friend search the house, go look through everything, see if anything looks out of place. So the cops had already looked through the basement, and there are multiple rooms in the basement, and one of them has a, a latch on the out, like a not like a lock, but like a latch that physically keeps the door from opening. One cop actually opened the latch, opened the door, looked in, decided against to really investigate, shut the door back, and closed the latch. So when John goes down there with Fleet, he opens that door, and that is where he discovers the body of his daughter. And he picks her hmm. up. This is so terrible. Hmm. I feel like he's smarter than this. He picks her up and brings right. her upstairs crying Jesus and Christ. just contaminating the body, contaminating the crime scene. It's it's completely ruined. This entire Or on purpose. Or on purpose, exactly. I- I mean, I have no idea who killed her. It very well could have been. I mean, the little bit that I do know, it sounds like the family was involved. However, that being said, I don't think him picking her up, like, if they... I could see somebody doing that, even if they weren't involved. Because, yeah, I mean, sure, like, logically, and when you are not emotionally attached to the situation, going, oh my god, you picked up the body, like, you fucking dumbass. Grief is gonna take over, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, like, yeah, because it's so often I hear people like questioning people's behavior, like, oh, I find that strange. Well, well that's because you've never been in a crisis situation. Yeah. That's right. why. Like, well, they they picked on this poor bastard, or, or or who knows, but like he went to get his mail one day, and like all the tabloids are like, this guy's just nonchalant going his about mail. his day. Like, yeah, obviously, it's you like, still gotta yeah, check your mail g- and pay bills. Yeah, dude, yeah. like leave the guy alone, unless he, you know. Killed but I mean, even if he did, you still got to yeah. check your mail. And, you know, the right. thing is, too, is, uh, what was it, uh, six years prior or uh, something like that? His first, his old, his four, four years prior, 1992. 1992. His first, his 22-year-old daughter died in a car wreck. Or was she run off the or road? Or was she run off the road? We'll get into conspiracy theories later on. But he has, he lost two daughters Uh doesn't ma- in a lifetime that's tr- it's horrific, but within a few years it's even worse. So that's it's fucking tragic. So that the, the entire the entire scene was contaminated. There they found unknown male DNA in John Bonet's undergarments. I've I read some reports that state they weren't sure if when you can tr- when you find trace DNA you don't always know what the source is. Like if it's right. blood, semen. Sp- saliva whatever but then i saw a couple other reports let's hope it's not saliva jesus well that's the worst one that's saliva saliva on a little girl's panties is worse than semen most likely yeah and that is not to say that then that makes the semen okay like we're still talking about like jesus christ negative 10 billion 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 on the scale of like so what you're saying is like they put the underwear in their mouth or like, well, no, I feel like there's another indication, if which is super sick to me. Uh, yeah, like, what is, what is getting, the indication? I don't know. Obviously, orals. Yeah, it, we are. We're getting uh, on a darker yeah. path here, I think. Yeah, yeah, we uh, really don't need to be that dark, honestly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, if it I was gotcha. saliva, that's it's just, all pretty it's bad. All, it's all pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. If yeah. it's boogers, that'd be kind of funny, right? Boogers. Can no, you get DNA on boogers? In a, not in a Probably. child's underwear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unless he was like, 
And then he was like, oh shit, and then like put the your, your DNA is still gonna be drawn. I mean, there's most yeah. likely still cells and stuff, so well, right. It's a, yeah. I was gonna say like to know. the only way it yeah. wouldn't be a bad thing is if you used it to sneeze so on. So stop and using sub- boogers as what? my calling what? card in my serial killings. Yeah. I just put, at the end. I just put a little booger like right on their forehead. <laughs> but I think that was a bad idea. In Not anymore. After speaking yeah. with a medical professional, I've found no, out that no, that no, was no. a terrible idea. Look, I I mean I said that with all all sorts of confidence. I'm not 100% sure. So, like... Uh, I, I, I'm going to say with confidence, I, I want to go back to the note a little okay. bit, if yeah. we can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, one specific thing is, uh, there was an odd term in that note, right? Mm-hmm. The, the I don't remember the whole line, but the, the writer of the note uses the phrase, and hence. And hence. And hence. Are you going to talk about Patsy's Christmas cards? <sighs> Patsy's Christmas letter has and hence in it. And then John wrote a book. And in the book, in 2006, it has the words and hence. I was really hoping you'd say the Which title I would think that Oh, that would be funny. But if to be I fair, did it, and hence. Yeah. Patsy wrote those Christmas letters. I thought they were the following year Christmas letters after she had read the ransom note. Mm, I thought it was a Christmas letter before. No, it's after. It's after. Well, I must have just yeah, stuck that, in I their think brain. It, it became okay. a fit, yeah. Let's talk about how that more than one handwriting analysis has said she's a, it's around 80% close to her handwriting. Uh, the, the research I found didn't have a percentage. They did say there were some similarities, but as we know with handwriting analysis... You can't really not all you right, but it's interesting. But there is some weird, oh. a, like the A's, the letter A's. Yeah. So, do you want to go on? I mean, no, do you... I don't know about the A's. So I was going to okay. let you do so it. So the letter A's throughout the entire two and a half pages are written is what some people call like typewriter font, where it's got the cap on yeah. the A, like on a yeah. you know printed. The ransom note originally had just normal size, normal shaped A's that like how normal people write them, but then whoever wrote the note went back in and put the the little cap on it that makes it the print the printed a did you know about that i did not know about that yeah that's crazy and then patsy's patsy later on her handwriting after the fact changed to where she started using those a's now i'm not saying she wrote it but it is very strange how there are these consistencies in the hand the inconsistencies I know handwriting analysis is not a perfect science, obviously, but there is some interesting analysis into where, like, obviously, as the person is writing, they can tell that they are trying to cloak their handwriting and that towards the end, the person writing it gets a bit more comfortable with the handwriting because the spacing kind of changes and it becomes a bit smoother. But then they went back and changed certain. They were clearly trying to change their handwriting with the writing while they wrote it. Okay. Now, playing devil's advocate. Advocate. Ah, uh, comedy comeback. If I'm breaking into a home, right, and I'm thinking in my criminal mind here, right, let's think about if I'm thinking ahead, like, say I get caught breaking in. If I'm caught breaking in with no kidnap letter on me, mm. that's just a breaking and entering. Yeah. That's a that's a that's not a misdemeanor, but it's not mm. definitely not a federal crime. Yeah. So if I think maybe there's that chance I could get caught because I'm in a rich neighborhood, do I wait to write the note after I get in? That way I'm not caught. Because you get caught with a with a ransom note on you, yeah. you're it. You're convicted. That's 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 what's right. up. Right. Well, so I don't know. I, I maybe think, I thought too deeply about no, kidnapping. No, 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 no I, mean, I, think that's a, I think that's a brilliant... Um, 
analysis or, or, or like, venture. But, however, if that was kind of your thought process, then why would you write a novel as a note? Right. Like, exactly. Well, and also there's a practice note that they found in right. the pad, like a few like pages in the pad that was found in the house that started off yeah. Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> but nobody's going to, I don't, that's what's crazy to me. Right. Because we'll get into how this person broke in, but they had to go like the whole thing is it's ridiculous on so many levels. And I think that's why it can't be solved, because everything's ridiculous. And the cops bundled it. It, that too, bungled, that doesn't help. Bumbled, they bundled it. They bungumbled it. They bungumbled it. Well, and it was a four-story home, if you include the basement. And this person had to have spent a really long time in the house, if you consider the fact, the theory, that they broke in through the basement, knew that the Ramses were... Because, like, the parents were not there at the time, according to this theory, right? They were at a Christmas party. They were at the Christmas but they were at a Christmas party earlier that evening with the kids. So did they right. like take the kids home and then go back to the same party? I think, okay. I think that's what it was. Yes. So this person clearly had to know the house because it was a large house. It was an unusually large house. And they had to kind of know how long the parents were going to be gone or at least have an idea that they wouldn't be back right away. So this person, according to the intruder theory, broke into the basement Went upstairs to, I think, the second floor where John Bonet's bedroom was, took her, brought her back down to the basement and strangled her, hit her in the head, hit her in so, the head first. Stun- so the, they stun gunned her, took her down to the, this is awful, took mm-hmm. her down to the basement. Now we'll get to the garage. A garage is not a normal. Explain what a garage weapon. is. Yeah. So everybody that's not out there, a garage is something that uh, you see it in the mob movies. You know, when the guy's getting the shave and the other guy comes up, or the guy's in the car in the back seat. Basically, it's a any sort of wood, cylindrical sort of handle, whatever. And I don't know anywhere between eight and twelve inches of a very sturdy rope. Uh, guitar string would work well. Um, the stuff you use mm, in your weed eater, mm-hmm. anything. You can find these things anywhere, yeah. in a basement, in a shed. And then um, you wrap it around someone's neck, and you actually cross your hands, and then you're able to hold on with the handles. Now, it is still a person, and that's where I'm going to get to next, specifically this case. While Jean Benet is being strangled, she wakes up. And that is why this person bludgeoned her, because she started to, I assume, make some oh. sort of sound. So wait, she was asleep when they were strangling so her? So she was asleep. Strangling her, she wakes up, screams. Okay, that's the theory the that that they that's because what's the point of blunt force trauma and strangulation, right? Also, Covering the, something up. Also, the hiatus or hyoid, Hyo- the bone that's in your, bone? the bone the bone's supposed to break basically when yeah, you've been strangled to neck, death. That yeah. was still intact, so she wasn't that wasn't cause that of wasn't death. That wasn't the cause, cause of, of her death. Cause of death is on the on the redacted. <laughs> um, Poorly done coroner's report. That was the uh, cause of death. So uh, even within those those parameters makes it even another mystery. Like, what in the fuck is happening? And then uh, inside all this, this person either coming down the back steps has this child in their hands, mm-hmm. stops to write a note, or wrote it on the way up, or they were already inside the house before the parents even dropped the kids back off and left mm-hmm. again, right? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Or 
Did they did they fucking do it? I don't know. I don't see these people as two psychopaths, but I see them as desperate people. These are two people. They don't like each other. This marriage was already on mm-hmm. the rocks, right? They're sleeping in separate bedrooms. They're very mm-hmm. unhappy. They've got this real fake front out. In, but at home, it is a sour, they were sad from, place. They were from Atlanta. They were living in Denver, but they were from Atlanta. So Patsy especially very much has that Southern Belle sort of, uh, I don't want to say facade because I don't want to say that she was necessarily disingenuous, but that was kind of her persona. I mean, she um, was Miss West Virginia. She was Miss West Virginia, absolutely. So was her sister two years I mean, later. I feel like oh, I to be Miss West Virginia, all you have to prove is you don't have webbed toes. Like, not that hard. <laughs> Or they have to be a nice hue of pink. Yeah, if they like, are webbed, because yeah, it's hard to find no yeah, webbed, yeah, like yeah, void of any web. Right, yeah, like yeah, just nice uniform pink. <laughs> yeah. So the the autopsy discovered that there was pineapple, fresh pineapple, in Jaminet's stomach in, uh, that she recently digested or recently consumed it, and that is also kind of another. Um, oddity about the entire thing because after questioning Patsy, Patsy especially, but I think both her parents, Patsy and John, the investigators asked them what was the last, they, they asked for the timeline basically, what what happened that evening and they say that they went to this Christmas party with their neighbors and Jean Benet ate something, I think there or they ate dinner before they went to the party, something like that, but the, Patsy had a definitive answer, this was the last thing that she ate. But the the coroner discovered that there was pineapple in her stomach. Patsy and John didn't know why, but then they found later that there was a bowl. During the investigation, they found a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table, and neither John or Patsy know why it was there. So there is this theory that Burke was eating pineapple at night. Like, he got up in the middle of the night to eat. And cut up a pineapple and ate it? Well, it might have already been cut up. Oh, okay. I mean, it was... was, I thought you were saying John and Patsy were, like, oblivious that there was even a bowl of pineapple on the counter. They're like, I've never heard of pineapples. Oh, no. Well, they weren't sure why the bowl was there, but they deduced that it was because Burke... To me, I would be suspicious if it's like, Jay, pineapple. It's like, what? We've never had Uh, pineapple in this house. Who's a... What's a pineapple? I mean, you know, they had tons I didn't of, do it. They had tons of food in the house. And Burke was only nine. So he they they theorized that he got up in the middle of the night and ate some pineapple. But the fact that there was pineapple in her stomach conflicts with the timelines that Patsy and John both gave because they say after the party they took her straight to bed. And another strange thing is that Patsy, when she called the police in the morning, was wearing the same clothes she wore the evening before, which implies that she never went to bed that night, which is is in direct opposition to her her account of the evening. Because she right. says that we they went to the party, put the kids to bed, went back to the party, came home. Because it was 5 a.m. when five, she found the, yeah. the note, right? right? Why was she right. up at 5 a.m.? Did she work in you know. COVID research? No, doing blow. Mm. Probably. Rich people love yeah. blow. Love but it. she was wearing the same. So she was a very fastidious woman. The idea of her getting up in the morning and putting on the same clothes maybe that she, she never wore took the off. night before. Maybe she got drunk and never took them off the night before. It right. Happens. That's what. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which, but that goes against her timeline of the store of the evening. So there's just all these inconsistencies that if you're I'm not, and I'm good. I'm. Uh, this is not necessarily saying that Patsy did it or John did it, but there. 
that is another reason why this has been so difficult to solve because there are all these physical, this physical evidence, these inconsistencies that go against what Patsy said happened that evening. Um, that brings us to the theories. There's basically two theories. There's the family member theory, which is, you know, some people say Patsy struck Jean Benet in anger because Jean Benet was six, but she still had these bedwetting issues. So some people say, well, Patsy maybe got angry and hit her, hit JonBenet in a fit of rage from her bedwetting because she had wet the bed that night. There was fresh bedwetting in her bed that evening. I don't, that they I don't see anybody that wears that many sweaters bashing their kid in the head. Right. She didn't you have a history I mean? of anger. Like nobody really thought she was an explosive person. She right. may have been unhappy and she may have been... Um, kind of concealing her true feelings about her marriage, but nobody really saw her as somebody who would hurt her child on right, purpose yeah. anyway. Yeah. Now there may have been an accident and that's the other, uh, you know, that's the other part of the family member theories that Burke maybe, uh, some people say like maybe she took pineapple that he was eating and he got mad and hit her in the head and then the parents tried to cover it up because they didn't want him to get in trouble. Hmm. Um, the, there was a Colorado grand jury that voted in 99 to indict yep. the parents. Uh, two counts of child abuse uh, and also that they, quote unquote, did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, right. which resulted in the death. But the vote to indict was not revealed publicly until uh, October of 2013. And then there's the intruder theory. And then, of course, I, investigators never considered Burke as a suspect. He was, in, no. he was questioned multiple times. He was a weird kid. I'll give you that. But... It's it's pretty extraordinary circumstances, I think, when a nine-year-old bashes a six-year-old, I think. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, unless he had some sort of history of some sort of angry outbursts with violence. Right. That's the thing. There's no history of that. Right. And say with Patsy. And I think, I honestly think I know that it's been kind of, um, made to look easier on TV, but I I think it takes quite a bit to kill another human being. Like, maybe those freak accidents where you hit them just right. Uh, but I, I, I really can't say if, but I, I, I know like, I know to like stab somebody to death, like you gotta commit. Like it's there's another experience. Serial, there's been many serial killers that have come out and said uh, the first time I was super surprised. I thought it was gonna be like the movies, like I just stab them and they'd fall over and die, yeah, and they're no, like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta keep super doing this. Hard. And that's yeah. a great quote from Mindhunter where he he says, Kimper. No, it was uh, the other guy, the other guy, the guy who was in indiscretion when he's oh, talking right. to uh, uh, who's the, not uh, not Holt McCallany, but the other guy, Agent Ford. Uh, he's like, I got tired. It's really tiring stabbing somebody. Anyway, sorry, Rachel. No, that, that, no, that was Hunter. exactly what. No, that was exactly what I meant. I mean, we've all had piercings. You know how hard those people have to push with that tiny little needle through, like, little bits of cartilage. Like, that's... Yeah. It's actually pretty difficult. Right, uh, yeah. And the, same with strangulation. It's, it's like, it not, takes... That's yeah. exhausting. It's yeah. not 10 seconds. It's Stephanie like a fight. said that with a little too much knowledge. 
Yeah, well, and kind of sexy too. If you, <laughs> if you if you look at though, I mean, but but also yeah, and, and also of course she was a six year old girl, so she was smaller That's than a true. human. Yeah. But, smaller, but wait, did you just say smaller, smaller than a human? Smaller than yes, a human. Only adults are considered humans, <laughs> right? You don't become human until you're eighteen. Yeah. The evidence also shows that there was some difficulty either that was I intended to kill this person, but she actually wasn't dead, or I accidentally killed this person, thought she was dead, turns out she wasn't, but at this point it was too late, so I had to finish the job. Which is why you have the, or covering it up to make it look like. Yeah, I because just, I feel like accidentally killing him, like, I feel like if, if this was an accidental murder, it already had malintent. As in, maybe they meant to knock her out, or, you know, and then they, because, like, even a six-year-old, I feel like I feel like it's really hard to accidentally kill another human, even a child, with your bare hands. It yeah, like they're they, bouncy. Yeah, like they talk about especially you, kids. They're resilient. Yeah. They've got yeah. rubber bones. Yes, yeah. and yeah. like you know, babies. Yes, you can shake a baby to death, but that oh, is oh, don't don't shake a baby. Different than like you know, and so you, not okay. Like <laughs> to accidentally. I mean, like if maybe her older brother had some kind of developmental disability and then right. was like, oh, yeah, he's prone to outbursts of anger and he doesn't really actually understand his own strength. That would be yeah. one thing. Like, I had a professor he, who was murdered like that. Um, and murdered is oh. such a wrong term for that. Yeah, my, my psychology professor was actually killed by one of her. She was a social worker and she was killed mm. by uh, one of her clients. Uh, oh, because he, he was actually 18, but he had a mind of like a three-year-old-ish. And he hit her in the uh, head with a brick because he got mad at her. And then, yikes. Yeah. And he was supposedly. He just heard that Ben Fold song. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like, you know, because that's the, the, the theory that I've heard. I wouldn't say the most, but it seemed like like the one or two times I've ever heard about this story. The, the strongest theory, according to whatever I was listening to, was the brother. Um, and then the family just got behind it, but I was like, "He, nobody in the family liked him either." Like, I think, like, that's I think it's the most recent theory, and therefore maybe the most prevalent yeah. lately. Because he did some interviews on the twentieth yeah, anniversary. Doctor Phil, I hate to say anniversary. He seems almost. He seems well adjusted. I no, guess. not no. Here's the thing. He he seems very socially awkward, but that's completely understandable because if you watch the interview. And it was like his first interview since it all happened. Right. Because so he's like twenty nine years old at this point. This was like four years ago. He he's smiling the entire time. And anybody who knows about Chris Watts uh, knows about body language. Knows about the case where Chris Watts was on the news that the day after his his wife and kids went missing. What was his and he's name just, again? Decker. Decker. Ben- Chris. No. De- Chris Watts. Benet. Right. What's his name? Jean Benet's oh. brother. Oh, Burke. Oh, Burke. Decker. Burke. Like but Chris yeah, Watts in Frederick, Colorado, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Like literally 30 minutes from Boulder. But we solved that. He fucking murdered his family, right. which is. But uh, he was. Lived down the street from my sister. My right. sister's selling that house. Literally lived down the street. That she happened was there down the happened. street Wait, from my sister. Yeah. Was, is your sister my sister and she is an international yes. terrorist? No. Well, maybe. Well, thank you to your sister for being our latest patron. That's great. Now, Emily, you got to pay up. That's my sister that we're talking about. Yeah. Hopefully she listens. You got to pay up. She has, I think, listened. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Emily. 
Um, But yeah, Chris Watts did that interview and there were all these body language experts, which you didn't really necessarily need because you're watching this video of a man smiling the entire time talking about how I hope my wife and kids are okay when the whole time he knew that they were dead because he murdered them. I have to see this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just look up Chris Watts' smiling interview and you'll find it. Yeah. Oh, it's I thought horrifying. we were talking about Burke again. Smiling interview. <laughs> no, yeah. Burke, but the thing, I'm comparing him. So Burke, during this interview, is smiling the entire time, even when he's talking about the day of the murder. Huh, so yeah. I, I can, you know, so I can understand that. However, in Burke's defense, he is a very socially awkward person. People smile when they're uncomfortable also, not because... I know something you don't know, which was kind of what was attributed to Chris Watts's body uh, language during that interview. Yeah, but that, but I feel like that also says something because if you were uncomfortable during the interview, that means that you are not just full of grief, which is not a normal response. Well, like, but here's right. here's the defense of Burke, though, from the time he was nine years old. Oh, I'm not talking about happened. him because he's 29 now. Like, that's totally different. You're not going to be full of grief 20 years later to the point that, you know, you're... you're having, well, sure, yeah. but, I mean, a lot of people did attack him for it. Yeah, so, well, they're stupid. But in his... That's why I'm not those people. I'm not that stupid. Right. Yeah. In But in his defense, from the time he was nine years old, his parents shielded him from the media, shielded him from police, didn't want him talking to investigators, told him time and time again that the investigators only want to focus on us and try to make you a suspect or try to make mom a suspect or a dad a suspect. So after 20 years of really not interacting socially with people because of that and just kind of being in his own little cocoon, it was you know, also not only his first time talking about it, but just his first time like being on television, really, and Oof. being you know an interviewing with Doctor yeah, Phil. When, so I hope Doctor Phil paid him. I'm sure. I'm he sure did. he did. But when yeah. you're when you're 20 years removed, even if it's a very tragic incident, that's that's totally different. Chris Watts like smiling the day after. Oh, the day after, like, right? No, right. like that says a lot that that you're aware enough of your own self to be uncomfortable. Like, yeah. The love of your life, the mother of your your pregnant wife, the mother of your children, is missing. You, the fact that your brain can think about itself is should be very concerning. Either you're yeah. just a terrible human being, or you did it. Like, hmm. yeah. Well, Which I guess would be both. The weird both, thing though yeah. is like reading the comments of that interview, a Burke's interview. It, it is weird because he's very, he's not just smiling. Like Chris Watts smiling is more kind of like a, I'm hapless smile. Right. Burke smiling was like, if you, if you were look at with the sound off, he does look like he's talking about a wonderful day in his life. So <laughs> it is strange, but he's also kind of a socially awkward person. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think he did it. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard the theory, I was like, I never thought about that. And so, of course, I explored it, and it was kind of, of fascinating. Course. But, yeah, yeah after... I, I mean, anything is plausible, almost, really. Especially when, if it's when you unsolved, get to these you know. kind of unsolves, you know, like... Yeah, one you have to look, but let's go back to the intruder theory. And then so that, well, the, that's next, the intruder theory. Yeah. So when the when the, the the original cops that were there, they were like, "Well, no way, you can't climb into the house, right? You have to get into the house either through the front door or or the basement if you're going to sneak in." Well, they had it, an unlocked door and they had an open window besides the broken oh, window. That's because right. Because of Christmas lights, they were open to plug in. Yeah. So. 
the original cops were like, you can't, there was no way anybody could get in, you know, into this, into this basement like this. And then an investigator later, I can't remember the guy's name, was um, like, uh, you absolutely can. Lou, Lou Smith. Right. And this guy's like a six foot two, six foot three guy. He's a big guy. He's like, yeah. he's like, here's how you do it. And he bit bop, got down in there. Bip, he was in the, he was, he was in the basement in minutes. He but what about the cobwebs? What about the cobwebs? They were untouched. Right? Right. So how do you enter through a broken window, through cobwebs, and I'll tell leave, you how. leave those intact? Oh. You come in through a chimney like a thief in the night. It was, <laughs> mm. she wouldn't shut her damn mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody nobody explored the Santa theory. Or the Grinch. So yeah, uh, Lou Smith. He was a detective that came out of retirement in 97 right. just to assist in right. this case. Um, so I... Uh, I think it absolutely was an intruder, and to mm-hmm. stop me, if I start getting off off your script, stop me. No, you're good. This is what we're talking about. Well, intruder theory. I, I, but I'm also going to get it. I, I, I truly believe the parents didn't do it. I truly believe mm-hmm. John knows who did it, and I believe the 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 person who actually killed his daughter was not directly related to John, but working for someone who was directly business related to John in some way. I don't believe that anybody mm-hmm. ever wanted any sort of ransom. Do you and think I, like it was like a like a threat against the family? Like why? I think it was. Why, a threat, I, th- I think it was a threat against John specifically. So like John had like double crossed somebody in business, and then they were like, "Oh, yeah, we're the have dirtiest, to kill your the dirtiest business there is, government contracting." Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Does this fit into the theory that John was part of the Illuminati? Well, that's a different. That's okay. That goes into my child sacrifice theory. A little bit. Okay, right, right, but in name only. Right, right. Yeah, well, Illuminati's only Illuminati in name only. It's time for Zach's interlude. It's time for Zach's interlude. Gotta interlude a certain amount of time. Why the ladies pee? I'm just gonna sit here and rhyme. It's the interlude, Zach's interlude. Crazy dude with an interlude. Jingle, 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 jingle. It is Christmas, Hanukkah, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, and Hanukkah. What's up, y'all? We're interluding. This is a heavy, it's a heavy episode. This is heavy, man, but I got it once again. Keep your kids out of the spotlight, you know? Don't, just don't put them in that environment. That's child endangerment. Don't let them act. Don't parade them around. It's weird. Don't do it. Uh, But now, all right, loosen up. Uh, Gotta get, uh, uh, gonna get loose. Uh, Gonna loosen up. Uh, Gonna loosen up. A hip and a pap and a tip and a tap. It's time for a Santa to do the Santa rap. While I ride around in my big red sleigh, I like to dispel rumors that I'm sometimes gay. Everybody knows that I bring the toys, but what you didn't know is I bring the noise. And occasionally, Santa, Santa likes a drink. Do you, <laughs> 
Santa needs a little tootski here and there when he's flying around. That's why he always does South America first. <laughs> well, boys and girls, Santa has to, he can't do the whole interlude because <laughs> due to my rampant alcoholism and swollen prostate from being thousands of years old, I also have to go pee just like these <laughs> lovely ladies. Now, just remember, there's an old white man watching everything you do. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I'm glad that Santa came by during the interlude. What do you... He came by, what? right? I heard during the interlude. He's, yeah. He like, needs to get back to work. He's, he's on sneaky. a bender is what he's it sneaky. is. He's sneaky. Uh, did he did he complain about not being able to die every time I hang out with that dude? That's all he talks about. It sounds like hanging out with you. Yeah, no. Uh, all I did was I came back and as I was putting my headphones back on, Santa was saying, "Ho ho ho! I have a prostate. I gotta pee." And then he took off. Yep. So. Yep. Sounds like Santa. That sounds really like Santa. It might yeah. suck that. Yeah, you still get like the degenerative conditions of being elder right. yet you can't die. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he got to yeah. he got to like eighty one and then they're like, all right, well now just keep you're just eighty nine forever now. It's like what? I was eighty one. <laughs> How'd you just advance <laughs> eight years? Yeah. Now we're gonna get back to the show. The interlude is over. So uh, there were a few people of interest Let's list them off real quick. There was Gary Olivia. He was a known sex offender who lived in Boulder, not too far away from the Ramses. Police found a magazine cutout of Jean Benet in his backpack after he was apprehended uh, on drug charges. In, in 1996, 2000. every fifth pedophile had a picture of Jean Benet Ramsey in their well, fucking right. backpack. The, the weird thing is, though, is that his his high school friend Michael Vale stepped forward saying that shortly after the murder. Olivia called him and said, I hurt a little girl. There was also an incident where Gary Olivia attempted to choke his mother with a telephone cord. Garot-esque. Now, Garot-esque. So, uh, he was cleared by DNA. There was also the electrician Michael Helgoth. He worked in a nearby auto salvage yard. He was involved with an alleged property dispute involving the Ramses. So there was possibly this was a revenge motive. He committed suicide two days after a 1997 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new suspect, which is highly suspicious. He was cleared by DNA. Um, Again, that seems circumstantial to me. Like, well, right. That's why none of these people were charged. Most of this was either circumstantial or they were cleared by DNA or just or weren't even charged. There was also John Mark Carr, who I feel is hardly worth mentioning, but it was a huge thing that came out in 2006. He confessed out of the blue to murdering Jean Benet. He was arrested in Thailand, where he'd been living on the lam after facing child pornography charges in the U.S. He did have a sexual fascination with Jean Benet, but the DNA didn't match. The investigators couldn't place him in Denver at the time of the crime. It became this media fiasco. I remember when this I think happened. I did too, yeah. uh, when he came out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was 2006. Uh, he was never even prosecuted because they couldn't even place him there, and there was no DNA match. He uh, is currently living a new identity and uh, a new gender. He is now Alexis Reich. Alex Reich. He was initially Alexis Reich and then changed to Alex Reich. 
Um, which is weird because if you're going to change your identity, would you make your name public? I thought that was kind of bizarre. Well, well, it sounds like he just changed his gender. Yeah, he changed his gender. He wants. She. He wants to. Yeah, but he wants to be loud and proud too. And then there's Linda Hoffman Pugh, the the housekeeper. She had a key to the home. Patsy initially claimed that the ransom note looked like it could have come from Linda Hoffman Pugh, but then a few days later said, oh, it actually doesn't look like her handwriting. She was struggling for money and had recently asked her employers for a loan of several thousand dollars. John Ramsey refused. She was never actually formally accused. All the evidence is circumstantial. And then there's Bill McReynolds, the town Santa. He had been the Santa at one of Patsy's Christmas parties the week prior to the murder. Uh, he was rumored to have paid too much attention to Jean Benet, uh, supposedly chose Jean Benet to be his special friend, and even brought a vial of glitter gifted to him by Jean Benet to heart surgery that he had. He even asked his wife to mix the gold glitter in with his ashes were he to die. Uh, again, never formally charged. It is. It is. So, it is odd. That's a. That's yeah. to me. That's one of the odd ones. Because, look, it's somebody that knew the Ramseys intimately, and Bill McReynolds is more the. He was a friend. Like he was a family friend. Yeah. Right? But it's if you read that note, either somebody who were the Ramseys or somebody who really knew the Ramseys or somebody who was very familiar with them. Because I don't mean to bring the note back up, but in it it says. Yeah, no. Use that good Southern instinct, John, or whatever it says. He's right. from it's called. It's two Johns from Michigan, yeah. but mm, she's yeah. from the South. Like the whole thing is super weird. But it was definitely someone. If it wasn't anyone in the family, it was someone that knew that, that knew, knew the, the family, family that knew the house, and knew the house, knew the house knew that to get to the fourth floor where the room was, all of it. They, there's too much intimate knowledge of the family workings of the house workings for this to happen under the right they have neighbors there's people around like this whole thing is crazy i I don't know how byzantine and like maybe it was just a narrow house i haven't seen pictures it's a it's a a, like a 7800 square foot fucking crazy house there's no way a lot of rooms there's no way because i think we've all been to our friend's house that's only two thousand square feet and we're like where's the bathroom and they're like the hall down you know down the hall to the left and you go to the bathroom you come back out you're completely disoriented you're like oh my fucking god did i enter a new dimension exactly so obviously somebody had to have an intimate yeah, understanding there's no of doubt. the house. There's like no doubt. you can't. Yeah, that's not just a like two two clumsy you know home alone criminals tap into the yeah. window and then they're like, yeah, this was Dude, definitely. Let's write a letter. Let yeah, let's do this. Daniel Stern, where oh. were you? Christmas 1996. I mean, this was six years after Home Alone. The money Maybe. started running out. Yeah. City Slickers 2 uh, was the last. Oh, man. So, it's plausible. Anything's plausible. Yeah. Or possible if you're a cat. The cat did it. Had anybody the looked and see if it. the cat did it? Did they have a cat? They had no see? animals. That's oh, the oh, well, then fuck that. The parents did it. It was an awful it. cold environment for a place for someone the to be a child. The parents fucking did it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. what I'm saying yeah. is, imagine... I hate, to, I hate to put it in this context, but let's think about what possible awful life Jean Benet was saved from, 
right? Say she got a modeling career at 13, and by no, fif- totally 15, 16, mean. she's doing smack, or she's just been run through the ringer of Hollywood and just is a completely yeah. broken person at 25 years old and fucking ODs. I mean, or she get, gets out of it, at, she could have gotten out of it t- at 10 years old and grown up well-adjusted with these two monsters that yeah. really didn't like each other. John mm-hmm. Ramsey was a very driven person. Uh, obviously, yeah. Patsy had her was very goal oriented, specifically when it, she was She's a pageant, a pageant mother. mother. Yeah. So to me, that those aren't well adjusted folks, <laughs> um, and to find out they didn't have any pets in that big old house, that just makes it that, that just, just seals, seals it. it, right? Yeah, especially when you have help. Like I can kind of understand. Like so, yeah, when, you could afford a goddamn yeah. dog. Well, so like when when we were when we were really young, my sister and I were really young. My parents got us dachshunds. Maxie, so the fifties, yeah, yeah. Uh, more like the forties, but cool. Um, yeah. They got us dachshunds, and I think I was like three because I think my brother had been born, and then my sister that would make her about six. They got us these little dachshund puppies. They made them live outside their whole little dachshund lives. My my mine, of course, got run over oh, like God. very early in life. Aww. Yeah, because that's because that's what Susan does to me. She's like, I'm going to take your dog and get it run over. Somehow it's her fault. Oh my God. Um, Susan. Well, you know what? She's a yeah. patron now. So yeah. It's okay. So she actually needs to and up it because it. she killed Peanut. Um, I mean, not directly, but somehow I, I it's her fault. She contributed yeah. to the death yeah, of because Peanut because her little dog Maxie was smarter, and her little dog was the one who would always break out, and Peanut would follow it her because he was kind of mm. dumb and then Maxie ditched oh, he was up. the Wojo oh I was going to say Rachel like it was it was a very oh. good analogy between Susan and I but I asked my mom one time like as an adult because my, my mom has a lot of regret about making those little guys sleep outside and live outside and I said well why good yeah, yeah she feels really <laughs> terrible about it and I was like well why did you do it then she's like we had these two little girls who wanted dogs, like little dogs, so we wanted to get them dogs, but I had a newborn baby, and I had a three-year-old and a six-year-old. I couldn't possibly also handle potty mm. training and disciplining two puppies yeah. at the same time. And I was like, yeah, I get it. So, But my whole point in all of that was the Ramses didn't have that problem like they had help like they had nannies they had they yeah. were well they were millionaires yeah, it was like multi, John multi, was uh, a millionaire big yeah. time yeah yeah well and this is I think I think this might be a good time to talk about let's talk about John Ramsey let's talk about shadows yeah. within shadows let's talk about let's talk about John baby really let's runs talk about this let's talk about John Ramsey oh that's way better John Ramsey <laughs> that is really good John Ramsey really good. Uh, John Ramsey Thanks, is Salt a Peppa. Navy veteran uh, he was uh, uh, an engineer mm. in the Navy, but uh, he was stationed at some places that did some pretty creepy intelligence kind of things while he was in the Navy. And then let's talk about the company called Access Graphics. What a uh-huh. amorphous, innocuous name for a company that does some pretty serious shit. They're basically a software company for the DOD and the government. At one point, they made the program that ran continuity of government. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, if a president gets killed, or let's go back to 9-11, you know, Dick Cheney was president on 9-11 because W was in the air and out of pocket making Cheney. That's called continuity of government, right? Wait, I thought, was that not 
Well, I thought uh, George W. Bush was reading that book to the. He was, the and then they immediately they immediately well, scooped his ass up and to, took yeah. him to fucking Nebraska oh. and put his ass underground. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So. John Ramsey has a top secret clearance. He is deep within intelligence, deep within uh, uh, government contract world. And so you watch the spy movies and the CIA and all that shit. It's not like that anymore. When, when And I'm going to get a little maybe too deep, but when Kennedy took away the CIA's money, right, in the early 60s, the CIA diversified their funds. And they basically started a bunch yeah. of different companies so they could just move their money and have their own dark money around. Well, that's all morphed into government contracting. And a lot of the dark stuff that gets done uh, in, in the name of freedom gets done by government contracts. And one of these contracting companies was Access Graphics. They John made a lot of money because the company was partially sold to Lockheed Martin, I think, in 1989 or something like that. Also, Patsy's father was a partner with him in Access Graphics. Uh, this guy is also deep, deep, deep into the shit. I think he was a congressman from West Virginia or some shit like that. Mm. Also a 33rd degree Mason. And oh. at the end of at the end of the letter, it says SBTC victory. Yeah. SBTC could be Oh shit! What is it? The square, the square, the something square, squ- oh, square like Bible and the compass, which is a Mason thing. The, okay. the the word square Bible and the compass are etched in his tombstone. Now I know that's a stretch, but uh, in, into no into-, into Patsy Ramsey's father's tombstone. So there's that a Mason Illuminati bullshit. But let's let's keep going. So um, wait, 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 I have to ask a quick question, really quickly. Um, so uh, is there a possibility? Because I, I I just thought this was the the normal story of beauty queen meets millionaire fall in love. I didn't realize that Patsy actually came from maybe a well connected family. Oh, absolutely. Also, so is there a possibility of like um, uh, a little bit of matchmaking? Not kind Maybe. of, yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't, like a, I don't arranged, know. Yeah. Not, I was going to say not arranged, but arranged. But it seems like yeah. the, like those kinds of people do those sorts of things. Exactly, like like the Kennedys make right. sure they wouldn't ever breed with the likes of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like no. like the, the that whole like Lifetime movie thing where a Kennedy meets one of us at you know. And then falls in love. The Kennedys would be like, "No, you'll, you will, we will literally kill." Especially you now, you the ever. Kennedys now look all weird yeah. from their interbreeding. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, they're the American royal so family. Access yeah. Graphics was involved in some of the money laundering that went on during Iran Contra. Uh, and huh. even further to that, John Ramsey himself, along with some other executives from Access Graphics, were subpoenaed to speak during Oliver North's trial. They basically mm. just declined, and everybody was like, "Cool, we didn't, we didn't want That's you to fine. come talk anyway, because maybe you know some shit and would you say some shit much. that we don't yeah. want you to know." And so there are those leanings that perhaps not even just John Monet, both daughters were taken from John just to keep him in a reminder. That will come for you anytime you think about saying a goddamn word. We'll come and get you. 
So there wasn't even any inclination of him saying anything. They just preemptively killed well, both his daughters. But we don't, you know, this is where, That's this is where, harsh. well, it's a harsh world out there. And a lot of people don't know this, but Santa Claus, since the Nixon administration, because of his drug debts, has been used as a hitman across the world for 50 fucking years. Mm. Think about it. Who's got access? Who watches everyone? Where do you think the NSA got the idea? Well, yeah, that's how you cover it up. He delivers a present there. He delivers a present here. Kills a child there. Uh, Pictures a a senator with a hooker here. You know what I mean? What is that as a Christmas song about? There, I feel like you just sang a Christmas song, except with the blub blub here. No, no, it's it's old McDonald's. No, that no, <laughs> no, not no, not what is I saying? Like, no. It was like click click click. Oh, oh up on yeah. the house top, click oh, click click. Sneaking oh, down to steal wine. It's old Saint Nick. Holy shit! There's a dead kid. I'm getting the fuck out of here unless they say I did it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't need any work. Yeah, no, not at all. No notes. <laughs> so I like. I'm actually kind of bo- on board with like. Santa. Oh, I say, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> Good night. Um, kind of bored with this whole conspiracy yeah, theory. Like, obviously, Santa did it. Let's just call it. No, like I'm on board with this Santa theory that maybe Santa is the international hit person. It, it's uh, all there. All the components to make the uh-huh. perfect hitman are there. He's sick of humanity. What is it to him? So we we're writing this movie, right? Yeah, we're we're absolutely it's happening sure, right I'm now. Sure Trump yeah. has already done it. Um, and then we can get even more esoteric if you'd like. Of course. Let's go. Well, there is the theory that Jean Benet was uh, a sacrifice to start the magical ritual of Crowley and dark magic. Um, mm-hmm. that culminated in the end of this ritual, uh, the events on September 11th, uh, 2001, where mm-hmm. uh, 3,000 lost souls went through the gates of Hermes to bring in the Crowleyan Aeon of Horus. And we are now in a new realm of dark magic. I'm not sure what any of that means. Well, so that's what? esotericism. You're not supposed <laughs> to know what it means. You're just supposed to 100% believe in it. I got Horus and uh, Hermes. Well, um, yeah. but I think it's pronounced Hermes, and I think it's always at I'm least a thousand. And I don't more. remember the whole theory, but basically, magic. When people that actually practice black magic, when you when you do these the left hand path kind of magic stuff, and uh, I'm not going to get totally into that. It's not crystals; it's the other stuff. Um, when you do mm-hmm. big rituals, you need to take your time. That's what all the ma- dark magic practitioners say. You need to. You can't. Forced like Bowie during um, Station to Station, he was practicing heavy mm-hmm. black magic. Uh, you know the Tree of Life and his insider back of that album, um, and you know there's the whole theories about Bowie yeah. and demons and stuff. And some people say like he tried to get from point A to point Z, skipping the rest of the alphabet. You got to do these. You got to do these long rituals. So. Mm-hmm. If you were to think the government were actually Luciferian, Illuminati, Satanic, blah, blah, blahs, right? Trying to gain the power of darkness to control the world, it would need to be a long, long magical ritual. And the first part of a ritual should be some sort of sacrifice to show your commitment to the deity that you are going to fulfill these things so they will give you their gifts. 
So from that, bit, bop, mm-hmm. bit, yada, 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 right? So an esoteric thought, the gates of Hermes, I'm going to fuck this up. But uh, and, and <laughs> Alistair Crowley, right? How did he get involved in this, right? He's the he's honestly one of the most influential people of the 20th century. If you L. Ron Hubbard, a uh, whole whole lot Charles Manson, a mm-hmm. whole lot of people influenced by Aleister Crowley. Basically, the gates of I'm going to fuck the gates of Hermes up. But the Aeon, uh, you're yawning. The Aeon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. It's because I'm breathing of, slow. The Aeon of horror. <laughs> it's my fault. That's what a yawn is it's, when you're not breathing fast enough. It's just because enough. my brain's slowing down because not, nothing's I'm stimulating not, it. It's I'm not, not going it's off not the a notes yawn. here. That's my problem. So the the Aeon of Horus was something that Crowley talked about when he was in his own group called uh, Tempo T- Tempo something Orientis. It was his own. He broke from you know the the Temple of the Golden Dawn and started his own thing. The sex magic you know bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. He really just liked to do heroin and fuck everybody. Yeah. That's what he was into, and getting money mm. from other people. Who doesn't? I kind of wish I. I kind of yeah. wish well, I had gone that road. It <laughs> um, sounds way better. Anyway, but the Aeon of Horus yeah. is this new thousand year reign. Right, where only the truly enlightened people, the the Crowleyan style, you can't really call it Satanism, but it's the duets, thou wilts, you know, like nothing really matters. Right. It's hedonism, total hedonism, right? But you need energy to really kick in that end, right? So, once again, going yeah. back to, to the Gates of Hermes, I don't remember what that is, but basically... <laughs> The, the towers, the way they were built, it's it, they're actually built in this esoteric way that it makes this gate. And you had to send these soul energy through this gate to start the next eon of this almost kind of this me generation thing that we're kind of into right now. You know, maybe it was. But um, yeah. that's some of the wackier sides of Jean-Benet Ramsey thought. Uh, you know, uh, me personally, I'm not into the esoteric stuff I'm, so much because it's kind of wacky. It's it's, it's easy to get lost in conspiracy theory. I, I, I heard a lot of words that I enjoyed. Well, but I don't understand shit. But how did, yeah, yeah what does JonBenet have to do she with She was the sacrifice the, yeah, what, at the beginning of the ritual. Oh, but okay, in name her. only, right? Because Katy Perry is actually Oh, Jean my Benet. God. I forgot about this. Yes. What? That's right. That's a conspiracy theory. I didn't know that's where you're going it, with that. You hit me in the face. It doesn't have legs. There is the... Th- no, Katy Perry definitely has legs. She, right, seen- but the theory Jesus doesn't. She, the theory is that, that John Benet was not killed that night, that she was kidnapped as part of some sort of Illuminati consp- conspiracy. Oh, I don't know anything about that. I mean, I know a little bit. Ray Borg. Little bit, but- okay. There's, there's and not- then she was Ray Borg as Katy well, Perry? Well, not even that. Her... her I mean... Right. I mean, but, like, no, it doesn't... Tell the- no, I'm sorry. I, I'm so excited... I'm so yeah, excited about just what you just get to the end of the Yeah, yeah. Go, she's go, totally go. a different age. Yeah. Her parents staged her death somehow, and then uh-huh, later uh-huh, she uh-huh. just resurfaced as Katy Perry in 2008, <laughs> which is ridiculous because she's like seven years older, I think, or, or something. That is yeah, so ridiculous. she aged herself. This YouTuber came out and said they look alike, that they're. Her, they don't. Her, they don't. her parents look like her parents, which they don't. The but, eyebrows, there's a whole thing about their eyebrows are the same. You can you can pluck those things off and get them tattooed back on. Right. There's also some of this evidence is that in Katy Perry, I guess already has a memoir. 
And there's a quote her saying, I wasn't one of those stage kids. There was no Jean Benet Ramsey inside of me waiting to burst out. And the theory is that, well, yeah, why would you, why would she talk about Jean Benet Ramsey if she actually is her? And that's the thing is the Illuminati puts their clues in plain sight. In plain sight. Hide and play tight. Two if by oh, six. Yeah, but I, but I think one potato, two potato. I potatoes. think I have cracked this case. And what really happened is Katy Perry accidentally ate Jean Benet Ramsey. She ate her. <laughs> yeah, and then like later it was like, oh, but, oh, no, there's no, there's no Jean Benet Ramsey. I don't know. Like, <laughs> She's just like, and, <laughs> and like a blonde, like a little tress of hair just like comes yeah. out. <laughs> 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 Oh, sorry. I was just Terrible. eating some some <laughs> kale, some blonde kale. It's, it's blonde the new kale. thing. It's, yeah, I got it at Whole Foods. It's fine. It's so Whole Foods ah, blonde kale. That sounds gross. Yeah. Well, you know. You know how how big eyed, pretty white girls do? They just eat each other. I guess email us what you guys think. Um, yeah, email us at lifelinepodcast at gmail.com. There's, uh, if you want to learn more about the Jean Benet murder case, there are multiple documentaries. <laughs> There's uh, a, a lot of them came out in 2016, which is weird. Uh, there was A&E. They did The Killing of Jean Benet, The Truth Uncovered. This actually has a rare in-person interview with John Ramsey. Um, and then there's in- <laughs> I, I'm sorry I expect you to say with John with John Benet they brought like, it back from the what? dead yeah <laughs> then Investigation them. Discovery did a three part series called John Benet an American Murder Mystery then CBS did a six hour docuseries which is the case of John Benet this is probably the most comprehensive but it also I feel like that's where the theory that Burke did it kind of originated um, which is obviously questionable. And then in 2017, Netflix put a movie out called Casting Jean Benet. It's not a documentary. It's a different take on the case. It's really good. I remember I watched it when it came out. It's more about the people of Boulder and about the way that we as a society think about sensationalized crime stories. Essentially, the director, Kitty Green, held a casting call in Boulder uh, for people to audition for various characters, you know, in the Ramsey family or in the in the crime case, but the the movie is actually about the casting. It's about the it's shown as a series of auditions, and these people huh. talk about the case and what the characters mean to them, and if they were in Boulder at the oh, time. That's, yeah, that's super interesting. I was going to say I almost have kind of ethical concerns about that because I thought it was almost um, manipulating people into like oh, oh we're casting. No, no, no. She talks to them beforehand. Yeah, I was going to say, but but the way that you present it at the end, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because the way I initially took it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I have a conflict with this, like, because part of me is like, oh, wow, that would be really actually fascinating to to kind of, like, really understand. Because we, we, most of us, I mean, like, that's why we're talking about this is because we all love murder, mm. right? Like it's the best. We don't want it to yeah, happen. But it's fascinating. Like, yeah. Because like what it's, could but it's, bring somebody to do that? Right. Because we think of ourselves a lot more evolved than animals. Whereas animals, you know, often indiscriminately kill each other because survival of the fittest, yeah. whatever. And like we, we as humans understand that. But when we encounter a human who hasn't, for some reason, either to evolved past that, or or maybe they're even more evolved, or just something went haywire in their yeah. brain. 
It is absolutely fascinating. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of thought it was going to be like a, almost a, a manipulation, gotcha. though. Like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's a really interesting approach. I remember when I, when I, I first watched it when it came out, and I was kind of taken aback by it because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything about it. And then I learned more about it later. And, and especially just recently in researching this, I kind of learned more about it. So I want to watch it again. But it's a commentary on how these sensationalized crimes and these headlines, and especially if they're in your own town, how they affect you and, and what how you perceive them so interesting perspective and how you internalize them and then uh again externalize them because people people love to take on you know some tragedy happens in your town and it becomes a lot of people it becomes a part of their identifier yeah they're like i mean and i and i i am no exception i mean i was in oklahoma city much like my terrorist sister uh when the oklahoma city bombing happened yeah i mean she did it like let's thanks susan but yeah i mean for the longest time you know it does become a part of your identity because also like that's how other people recognize where you're from right oh you're from oklahoma city do you remember the bombing? No, I fucking forgot. What what bombing? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, never like, heard of it. But you know, you have a story because it was so personally close to yeah, you. Yeah, imagine being the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. exactly. Yeah. or in that neighborhood at all. And then think about all the shit that's happened in that hundred square miles of the Denver Boulder area since Columbine, mm. Aurora. Aurora. Uh, yeah. the dude you were talking about earlier that killed his family and I think like four other yeah. things well, yeah. Chris Watts. Yeah. yeah we can obviously all admit that there is a giant demon under the Rocky Mountains I and mean her. we've all seen yep. the end of Fantasia <laughs> when the mountain opens up right yeah we all know what's going on that was down clearly there, in Boulder so. Denver no, a area of, a lot yeah. of weird shit happens out in the <laughs> west man there's a lot of weird shit yeah. in that area Nor- NORADS in pot. Colorado um, there's the whole thing with the Denver airport and all that shit NORADS what's it's the air defense north american rat yeah it's okay. a missile it's it's a missile defense american command rat. it's literally inside yeah. a mountain okay. like Military. in a goddamn yeah. james bond movie yeah oh yeah. okay 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 so is the the like what is it the triple max yep, it is it's in colorado and then yeah and then i think like the presidential bunker is in colorado too one of them yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm there's not. One, there's to another all one in Nebraska. There's one in West Virginia. 10. I don't know about any of the rest of them. Well, we definitely did not cover anywhere near the entire extent of this case. This was kind of just a basic outline, uh, and then episode 49, part two. Yeah. The next episode, we're actually going to cover who murdered John Bonet, the Lifetime movie, uh, which will be. It was me. Susan, is that you? What are you doing? <laughs> How'd you get on the stream? You, you can't hear her because she's in Rothy's and they're so right? quiet. Yeah. You yeah. just throw them in the washing machine because they're made from yeah. recycled water bottles. You can, you, I was going to say you can drink straight from them because they're made from yeah. recycled water bottles. They come with lids. Go, 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 go. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, we will be back to our regular format next week. Um, but this was a, a little departure um, just to kind of try it out. And because it's Christmas and little Jean Benet was murdered on Christmas Day, uh, which is 
pretty fucking terrible. And we'll probably never know who did it. I don't think so. Uh, Patsy died. Patsy died in 2006 yep. from Oh, yeah, Patsy's died of cancer. Death? She died from breast cancer. Well, it metastasized her that. brain. Yeah. And then John dated Natalie Holloway's mother for a little while. Okay, that's a little weird. Okay, yeah, well, we'll have to explore that I don't know that if it's time. that weird, though, because it's like if you lose a child. Oh, after she was yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Sorry, I right. thought you went right before. And <laughs> that I was would like, be okay. really suspect. Oh, right. like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to break this case open. I'm pretty sure I figured it out. Mm, I'm pretty sure I got your no, numbers. No, after, after the fact, they, they, they okay. dated. Well, he denies they dated. He says they were just friends. Who knows? Anyway, no. I mean, you can also just be friends yeah. and also and dating. You can you also know, relate you know, to each look, other on a level. Yeah, John, we're not judging you for that. There's a lot of other things to judge you for. Not that. Yeah, the whole Illuminati so thing up. is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. So here's my frustration with life. Okay. I feel like um, we all deserve to know the answers to these burning mm-hmm, mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, I mean, throughout all of humanity, I'm sure every human who's ever lived has several burning mysteries that they just want to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So, look, all I'm going to say, if you are holding in, like, a horrible, deep, dark <laughs> secret, and it is like, you know, it has caused a media stir, people have written books about it, just be a be a hero and just admit that on your deathbed, just say... I did it. And now nobody's ever going to believe you because, um, what's his face? The plain jumpy guy you mentioned. Yeah. D.B. Cooper? Um, D.B. Cooper. There's been people who have admitted on their deathbed. And I, I would probably be a dick enough to be I'm like, oh, my Cooper. Oh, I'm D.B. Yeah. Cooper. And they'd be like, ma'am, it's Cooper, not Cooper. Cooper. Are like, you from Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but, like, I either think... Every person who's committed a horrible crime, there should be something that prevents them from dying until they until they tell it. the story. Yeah, or or we at least have an afterlife where like some kind of like angel reveals everything you've ever wanted yeah. to know, and, then they, and like then I don't care what happens after that. All right. Yeah, but if you did commit a crime, email us at lifewinepodcast at gmail.com and tell us. Just create a new Gmail account. We weren't going to trace you. We don't know how to find you. Just tell or us. Or even better, lie about it. just call us Call us at 1-800-LIFE-1. You won't get a hold of us. You won't get a hold of us. But it is a survey, and it asks. Just say you're over 50. (laughs) I'm over 50, and I committed a crime. And then follow us on social media as well. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Lifeline Podcast. We're also on Facebook. And just go ahead and tell us about calling 1-800-LIFE-1 and admitting your crime on one of those. Tell Uh, us how it goes. We... We won't turn you in for the money as long yeah, as you're a patron. Exactly. Yeah. That's how that and works. Like a, like a good one. That's that's why Susan started donating. Uh, it's because she knew I was a, I was going to turn her yeah. in. She was like my little sister's picked Be up. Be like Rachel's sister. Uh, join our Patreon if you like. You get bonus content. You get early access. And if you don't do any of that... That's okay, because if you just go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and leave us a really quick review, just just say, you know, just a couple words and give us five stars. And I'm going to finally level with you fuckers. I, I always ask you for money. Yeah. But honestly, I'd rather have your words. And I, I like, honestly, I don't give a 
fuck if you say Rachel's like the worst douchebag yeah. I've ever met. Like she's actually she's like wrong what all you, the time. Yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. She's like what happens when you accidentally rip your douchebag open and it spills all over your leg and bathroom oh. floor and then she's the napkins you have to clean that shit up. So with? embarrassing. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds That's disgusting. being friends Ew, with Rachel. Gross. Imagine that for like 12 years and counting. So that's me. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week to our regular format. We love you. Unless one of us dies. Yeah. Then there's just going to be two of us. And that's we're just going to keep going without you because that's what Rachel would want. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Stephanie's hoping that it's me that dies. I mean, but, it, yeah. but to her, her demise and sadness, it actually is Zach. Dear, dear. <laughs>